Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Presents Escape from Ulfong, Episode 30, Nipping at Your Heels. Last time on Escape from Ulfong, the gang found themselves still split up on three separate paths. Damien found himself traveling by Humvee to the remains of the aquarium where the gang met the Taminator for the first time and a massive explosion leveled the entire place. The place now a crater found Damien and Grozny find the Golden Warforged Heads, and they decided to head back as lightning struck all around them. Avery found himself still trapped in Kazibor's dimension, in the jungle of his creation, hunted by hounds. Avery had fallen into a river, but thankfully made his way and survived his river trip, and found himself in a lagoon, before he found himself once again hunted by two separate hounds. And finally, Virian and Wyatt found themselves paired up with knives as they traveled through the North Gate on the outskirts of Ganymede, trying to find the Library of Ganymede. Unfortunately, they bungled their way into the nest of a massive spirit naga. And that is where we will re-enter as we jump straight into combat here in Escape from Ulfam. And we go to battle. But what did you guys get on initiative again? 15 win. 14. And Wyatt, what is your dex modifier? Hmm. My dex modifier is a plus three. Okay. Well then, going first is the Spirit Naga. Of course it is. As you guys, noise happens, and this giant snake turns its head up, and it coils up. Staring down at all of you, the massive hood around its head. And it looks down. And I will immediately need. Let's see. Wait for you guys. Uh, and I'm going to tell you now, you should have picked five. Just a fun fact. <laughs> Okay. Thanks, Satan. No problem. You wanted a one. Kimus. I need from Detective Wyatt a constitution saving throw, please. Twenty-three. A lot of dice he's rolling, by the way, for the benefit of a tape. As this massive spirit naga raises and you see the hood around its head kind of shake, Wyatt, it locks eyes with you. And as it does, you can feel just all the water and vitality kind of drain out of your body as you feel blight being cast on you. 
by this magical spirit naga and you will take 22 points of necrotic damage great uh but with that it will actually just kind of end its turn just kind of coiled with its giant head staring down at the three of you but with that we actually go to knives who has a higher dexterity modifier than Wyatt does, but also rolled a 15 on the die. But Knives, seeing this situation, well, we are fucked. So, guess we might as well go down swinging. And Knives will kind of turn Spicy, use uh, Spicy's movement to get about 60 feet away from this Naga before turning and pulling out his massive hand cannon. And he is going to use his action and as a gunslinger to take all three of his shots on this Naga. One of those was a crit. Nice. Knives is gonna kill some shit for you guys. All right. You guys see knives turn and with the massive hand cannon just fire <laughs> two of the bullets you see pierce right through the chest uh, upper chest of this giant spirit naga while the third one kind of just casually flies right by it but you see this naga <laughs> as it stares at the fired shots but with that we move to Wyatt. Okay. Well, I'm gonna shift back to mythic mode. Um, so I'm way well, gonna take my uh, time for that. Also. And you will, you don't have a free one, so you have to spend the 10 minutes as well. I'll spend that 10 minutes of time, sure. Not actually, but take it off what I've got, yeah. Okay, and I am going to, uh, hmm. Begin. What do we begin with? Um, Macau's erupting earth underneath it. That's favorite spell. To be fair, there's no else around it. When I go for, I'm gonna cast this at level four. All right. No one else around it. Who are you? Uh, saving. Damien's not around it, so. As a saving throw, correct? Uh, I believe so. Let me just uh, remind me of which one it is for you, Chad. Sorry. That deck save, isn't it? I'm pretty positive. Pretty sure, but I want to make sure that it is a deck save, yes. And what am I looking to beat? Okay, so for, for Wyatt, um, looking to beat a. If I can find, but what if it would it be for a plus three normally? Okay. Uh, because of how we have um, sort of hybrided it, I haven't got what the deck they would be down for me. So how much? Would I, how do I work it out quickly? Uh, it would be a proficiency modifier plus whatever you're using as your spellcasting modifier. Okay. Um, plus or plus eight. Plus so eight plus. 
four plus four, so that would be 16. 16. Well, I only rolled a 14 on the die, so roll me some damage. Okay, so then that will be uh, 4d12 bludgeoning damage. Loving the d12s. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah. And it's the ground is now difficult terrain. Awesome. Virian, you watch as once again you see the shing armor form over Wyatt and the tiny little half cape form from his back as he legend shifts into mystic mode. Yeah, you have a half cape. Not a half cape, it's a full cape. It's a half cape. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, what I'm upset about there. Really, Matt? And Wyatt, white gloved hand goes forward as the ground below the spirit naga begins to kind of bust and fire rocks up and you see this knock kind of slithering about as these rocks and such pelted from each and every way that now kind of sits in the middle of this destroyed bit of earth but we now move on to Varian unless you'd like to do anything with your movement or anything else there Wyatt um I will I will step I'll step back so I'm along some long side Virion. Okay. Then we move to Virion. Hmm. Future reference, how much movement does um I believe my one's called Rico. My Chocobo has. Uh the Chocobos have seventy feet of movement. Alright, just gonna take note of that. Well, because the spirit naga is horrifying. I'm going to back up a bit. Fair. And whilst I don't have a cool cannon or a Power Ranger mode, I have Agonizing Blast. I love it. Yes, you do. Let's see here. Holy shit. Okay. Um, I rolled the dice. I got an EGX. We might really think him. I always feel mean because they always roll really well. That's a crit 20 plus 9 and a 19 plus 9. I'm to get a photo of that. Uh, yeah, they both hit. I'm not Matt. I don't have a 30 AC creature over here. The crit, that's double damage, I think. That it is. I was it was nice. It was only 22. <laughs> A benefit of a tape for only for special occasions. Cracking. Keep talking, I'm trying to find my dice. <laughs> it was meant to be a season two finale boss, Caitlin. Unfortunately, I changed my mind at the last moment. You went for Karen. <laughs> Is it Karen the Kraken? Okay, for the crit, doubled. That's 26. Is eight. Plus five, doubled. And the other one is 12. So, was that all together then? Oops. I lost some light. 
back dice. Right, so that's 8 plus 5 is 14 double, that's 27. 28. Or 38, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. About right. At a, at a moment of not being able to do math, my brain broke. <laughs> Virian, you on the back of Rico, move yourself back about 20 feet before turning and both hands up, just Aurora beams launched, the rainbow prismatic colors cutting through the darkness and just the one beam just cracks right into the holes that the bullets had made before the second one punches it almost right in the face. And you see this Naga. And you can see it's barely holding on. The angry hiss is not as much an angry hiss as it is a holy fuck, what is going on? I didn't think this was going to be this bad, this quick kind of situation. As it stares down and it is the Naga's turn. And you can see bleeding from bullet holes and scales ripped off from the agonizing blast and bruises starting to form from where these rocks and the earth have slammed into it. It's kind of looks down and it has one last gasp to try and do something here. And I will need Virion to make me a wisdom saving throw. And you have advantage on it. Okay. Um, my advantage is a, well, my highest is a 13 plus 6. 19. Virion, the eyes of this spirit Naga lock with yours and you can feel it stare at you and you can feel its literal spirit like inside of you and it's like fighting with your brain for a moment but your uh. just inner resolve just uh, you like push it out and you counter the dominate person that it tried to cast on you as this naga stares down at you and just as its spirit kind of goes back into its body, you see the giant 10-foot creature kind of snap and just stare and kind of just sadly piss as it realizes it doesn't have a probably a fighting chance here anymore as it just kind of stares down at you all. Uh, with that, though, that will end the Naga's turn. And we will move on to Knives. Who, staring at this bleeding creature, well, should probably just put it out of its misery. And Knives raises the, his hand cannon and doof, one shot fired. You see the bullet just right through the middle of this spirit Naga's forehead as this giant 10 foot creature slumps to the ground. And you're out of combat. Okay, then. Why will take his moment again to power down. Try to have as much power as he can. Smart. Well, that was a lovely, lovely thing to fight. 
I don't like snakes at better times, but certainly not ones that have been able to swallow you whole. Yes, it is a shame. And I couldn't have captured it. And a great addition to the hatchery. Well, I guess I could wait six days. It'll be back. Right. If you're going to do that, do that without me or I can't speak for Virion, but I'm pretty sure Virion will agree with me on that one. <laughs> without us here. Um, Knives kind of, as he, he's trotted back over to the two of you on the back of Spicy. Why are you being such a whiner about it? You handled your business just fine. If if I would like your assistance to come out here and capture the Naga, don't be a little bitch, Wyatt. Wyatt shakes his head and um, coaxes Bob to follow. Varian will also follow. Mildly amused that for once he's not the one being called a little bitch. Knives turns his chocobo spicy back down the road. All right, well, I suppose we should keep on heading. It's not going to get any drier out here. And you guys begin heading back down the road. Can I get survival checks from both of you? 25. Dirty 25. Um, 18 plus... Survival, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, dirty 20, then. Bring closer. It's not easy trekking down this road. The Once again, the road itself is kind of being just broken and beaten down. It's a good thing you're on chocobos and not on your own two feet, because... It is a craggy and terrible path to walk. These chocobos are built for this. You guys are just kind of heading on and you just travel for the rest of the day. For imagine being one of imagine being in some kind of Humvee or something going on with it would never cope with this sort of road. Well, I mean, I think a Humvee would just kind of drive right over it. I don't think it'd be much of a problem. I wish I why had a Humvee. We, then why are we in one? Vicious is loaded. Because chocobos are faster, more agile, more discreet. When the fish is even discreet. Oh, Wyatt. That's, that's not many sarcasm. That's actually that's actually Wyatt actually ask you a genuine question. <laughs> Wyatt, vicious has been in command, if you will, of Ganymede for centuries at this point, I guarantee Vicious has done enough discreet things that would encompass your entire lifetime that you don't know about. That's the subtlety and the amazingness of being discreet and in power. You can do basically whatever you want without any repercussions. Knives, can I ask you a question, Knives? And I'm asking you this with, with all the politeness like a muster. Well, Vicious, Vicious is asleep, yes? Yes. Why are you kissing his ass still? He can't hear you. Just because Vicious sleeps, Wyatt, does not mean that he cannot hear us. 
Oh, great. I'm sure that somewhere there is an air ganassi who loved, who would love to hear that. <laughs> Wyatt, how long have you been here? 500 years, give or take. It's always fun. After that first thousand is when people really start to figure it out. It's 500 years and yet it feels like so much longer and so much shorter at the same time. Oh, Wyatt. You... You're an interesting one. Virian. Yes? We've been traveling for a while now. We are definitely not going to make our destination tonight. Do you think we should pop off? Maybe find a spot to rest for the evening. Hmm, slight panic. The decisions aren't usually left to Virian. Are you two in need of any sort of rest? You have been all traveling at this point for about 13 hours between okay. the battle and actually getting to where the Spirit Naga was. Probably would be best to get a bit of rest. You never know what's going to happen. Okay, then. Right. Well, and you see Knives kind of look about for a second. That ought to do, as he points off to the left. You can see a standing building. Looks probably was a warehouse of some type before this found its way to the outskirts of Ganymede. I hope it's empty. We don't want to come across something else. Like, who knows what could be looking in there? Knives looks at you, Wyatt. Well, if it isn't empty, and he pulls up his handgun. We could quite quickly make it empty. Nice, we may disagree often. I do like your style. Thanks, Wyatt. I wish I could say I could return the, you know, compliment. Get the doctor. I find that armor a bit gaudy. It's not for decoration, it's for purpose. Knives kind of pulls back the trench coat that he's wearing and you can see shimmering like silver underneath. This also is for function, but doesn't make me look like a giant nonce. <laughs> Damien in the fun is like, I hear Wyatt getting mocked. Wyatt hasn't been mocked, he's just been fucking murdered. <laughs> Where's your wall of water now, me? Oh. Treat that bird. <laughs> oh, shit. Varian's dead now. Wait, I, was, I wasn't dead already. I love you, Matt. Wyatt just takes it and carries on, right? And goes towards the warehouse. The three of you all make your way to the front door of this warehouse as 
Knives hops off of his chocobo and goes up to the front door and just very, just kind of like a dick, just opens it up. Anyone here? Hello? Nope. I think we're all right. Good. Right, well, let's dry off, if you will. It's a fucking shitstorm out there. Well, I hope we're Vivian. Huh? Why hold the door open for Vivian to come oh. inside? Thank you. I also think that Jess if we took about to come inside out of the rain as well for a bit. Oh yeah, it's a big warehouse door. It's more than uh nice brought spicy in right away as well. Right, too. Either if you have anything, start a fire or anything. I'd really love to dry off as fish or as knives kind of shakes his trench coat. Don't have great bonfire or anything. I've got a fire bolt. We'll start a fire. Sure. Let's start a fire in here. Why? We'll gather together some things to burn. I'm guessing there's some. The debris and things like he can put together to form a fire in the middle of a room, sort of thing. Yeah, you can tell as you start looking around that this was probably an office building of some kind in its past life before it made its way to the outskirts of Ganymede. You see dilapidated desks and broken chairs and bits of discarded paper and wood about. Why it will push as much wood, like the desks and things, into one place and put a good quantity of paper in the middle to act as fuel. <clears throat> anything around the edge to stop the f- in case everything decides to burn? Uh, I make sure that there is, um, I make sure that uh, there, is a, there is a good gap away from everything so we can control it if need be. Okay, and then I'll use Firebolt on that. <laughs> A wonderful bonfire goes up in the middle of this office building's floor. Well, this is better. Yes. Take off my jacket and hang it up to try and dry it. Smart. Smart, Virian, as you see. Vicious, or why do I keep calling him Vicious? Knives follows in tow and does the exact same thing. Vicious is just having a nap, like, stop waking me up. Why do you keep talking about me? Why, um, also, um, just changes out of the, um, out of the outer coat and just hangs it up to dry best he can, after wringing it out best he can. And, um, yeah, so he's pretty much there and, like, his black trousers and his, uh, his black, his black, um, not quite combat, you know, Basically, like, it's like almost like a skin tight black shirt, but it's not meant to be skin tight, just with a water on it. Aaron's probably also undone his hair and now looks like the girl from the ring <laughs> to try and dry it a bit because it's really, really long and black. So, Knives heads over to Spicy for a minute and digs in uh, one of the saddlebags he has for walking over and holding out. Hands both of you a tin. 
some food if you're hungry. Thank you. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Thank you. Nice kind of just sits down, puts his back to one of the walls, starts eating his rations. Start eating mine, I guess. Do we need to give anything to the chocobos? Oh no, no, no. They they had their fair share of greens before we headed out for the day. They won't need to eat again for a couple days. an odd question but my spellbook is the, did that get wet in the rain as well or? your spellbook uh is as you pull your spellbook out you realize that it's basically hydrophobic as you lift it up and the water just kind of like any bit of water that it gained on it just immediately just slides off and you actually a little puddle forms under you from all the water that it tried to stick to the book thanks So, what? Let's get the elephant out of the room. How did you get here? As Nice continues to eat his rations. Well, long story short, I was not long after I found this, why it pointed Morpha. I was wasn't part of a team or nothing. I was just tr- trying to help people. But by my I mentioned I got a bit cocky with the power. Thinking like, oh I can do anything sort of thing. And I can switch into various different forms of it. As you've seen. Well, I used a power set I had used before. And I was trying to stop a hijacked bus. Long story short, I overcharged my weapons. And when I was trying to blow the tire out, It hit the fuel tank. Took the bus and me with it. Woke up in all fun. So you blew up the bus? Obviously with the intention. Uh, yeah. And you, Sparkly One? Well, I suppose looking at it from having a bit of distance from that now, really I ended up here because ultimately I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Feels very fitting. And also, like some form of repercussion for other things in my life. It's not as exciting as trying to save a bus full of people, but that's the long and short of it. White offers his um, his canteen of whiskey. 
thank you, but I I don't drink. No, nor do I. <laughs> well, not not as much as usual, but you get the idea. You two are interesting. I see why Vicious likes you, Virian. Wrong place, wrong time. Hm. Interesting. Why? Where'd you get that thing on your wrist? Found it. And where you're from, those kind of things are just lying about? No. Well, I'm place. It's called a planet called Earth. And there's a... The city I'm from... Called Angel Grove. There have been... Multiple teams... Over the years... And have made many, many dimensions with various different motifs and abilities based on everything, anything you think of. And they used most of them defended Angel Grove. This was one like none I'd ever seen before. It's like an experimental thing that had been lost during a fight or something. And I've, when I put it on, it locked my DNA and I could hack into the power systems. Hmm. Doesn't work for long, about an hour, but as I say, clearly it was experimental, but same time. When I got to All Farm, no matter what power mode I tried, I couldn't get home. So, I just found it, I applied for a job because I was stuck here. I had to get obviously make ends meet. So I started working at the police station. Five hundred years later, I stumble into an assignment which meant I had the pleasure of meeting Virian and well Avery and um, some of a bird fish there's a guy with a parrot in another campaign <laughs> he's an actual pirate but anyway <clears throat> Probably I didn't use that more for. I wasn't even sure if it would still work when I needed to use it. But work it did. And here we are. Knives <clears throat> not looking up from his ration, just eating in without looking up. Wyatt? I have a odd little thought for you. 
And I... I hope you don't take it the wrong way. You said there's been teams, many, many of your kind over the years. Yes? Yes. And you would say they were all defenders, as you say yourself, a defender, right? One team in particular used to say Earth Defenders that never surrender. But not all of them are from Earth, no. Hmm. Why do you ask? Do you find it odd, Wyatt, that through all the years and iterations of what you say of these teams, and at this point Knives does look up, looks you right in the eye, that you are the only of your kind to ever find their way to Ulfarm? No. Actually, I don't. Hmm. Interesting. Because usually when it comes to powers like this, yeah, it sounds all like Kind of cheesy in a way, but usually you have to be selected for these powers. You have to be chosen. Usually either by fate or because you have, you know, some research and you've done have done checks, make sure that you actually could handle this sort of thing. I took upon myself to give myself these powers. I made mistakes. This is my penance. Well, penance this is for you then. Wyatt, penance this is. That being said, from what I have heard, there were evil rangers than before. But good people can end up here. People, people from all walks of life end up in all five every day, unfortunately. Hmm. Virion is perfectly splendid. Knives smiles. Yes. All right, Wyatt. Whatever you have to tell yourself to sleep at night, good is- people do. End up in all farm. Vivian is a good person. Very yes. pretending he's not listening. <laughs> Knives gives a very pointed look towards Virian. We all have a past. But yes, if it helps you sleep at night, Detective Wyatt, good people do end up here. But with that. I'm going to get some sleep for the evening. Pop off. You too. Do what you wish. And Knives stands up and kind of walks off deeper into the building. You okay, Vivian? 
about as okay as one can be in this situation. I guess. I am... I was right, wasn't I? About what? You're a good person. Good is very subjective, Wyatt. That's all I can say on that. If you're asking if I've ever done anything to deliberately hurt someone, then no. No, I haven't. That works for me. But things happen, unfortunately. Accidents happen. Things you didn't mean to happen, happen sometimes. There's a phrase of my home world. Good, bad things happen to good people sometimes. You notice Varian twitch just a little bit when you say that. Right, well, I'm, I think it's time to get some rest. And seeing as I'm an elf and don't need to physically see if I'm just going to go to the nearest wall and kind of lean against it for a bit. Just stare out. Right, we'll settle down near the fire, stay warm. You see the three chocobos kind of huddle around Wyatt, who's closest to the fire, and all bundle down in the birdway. Queen! As the two of you, Virian goes into a trance, and Detective Wyatt falls asleep next to a cackling fire. But meanwhile, we find ourselves back in a thick, dense jungle. Avery just launched himself at one of the hounds and successfully buried his axe into its shoulder, but also found a tentacle on his chest. But with that, we enter into combat. And uh, Avery, remind us what you rolled on your initiative. Uh, a big fat nine. Whoo! High numbers. Which means that going first is Hound One, which is the hound that you attacked. And as it stands in front of you, snarling. <laughs> Just the massive amount of teeth that are too many for this mouth and its long, lolling tongue just kind of snapping out around. The membranes clearly locked onto you at this point. It, with its action, is going to try and lunge forward and bite into your shoulder. Uh, that is a hit. That is a 22 on the die. And I know that's a hit. <laughs> All right. Can I get a con save from you, please? Uh, dirty 20. All right. Avery, you still with the axe in the shoulder as this tentacle uh, comes off of your chest, immediately this hound lunges forward and buries its fangs into your shoulder. It doesn't catch any like major artery, so you only take one point of piercing damage, 
but the minute the jaws lock onto you, you feel like venom course into your body and you will take, because you did not, you passed the save, so you will only take four points of poison damage, which I know is half to two. So three points of damage all in total. And this... And this hound will end its turn with its jaws still, like, it'll just kind of back up just right in front of your face. (laughs) But, because I rolled absolute dog shit for these hounds initiatives, even though they get plus seven to it, uh, you're actually going next. Okay, so with... I'm going to take two swings with the axe at this one I've already attacked. All right. One of them is probably in this. Uh, one's a 14. One is a 25. The 25 hits. And so does the 14. Oh, okay. Okay, so the first hit is... 13 damage. Okay. And the second hit is also 13. 9 plus 1 plus 4. For, no, 3. So 13. 12 damage. So 25 damage altogether. Avery, this snarling hound in front of you, you brandish this magical hand axe that was given to you and just start hacking at this one strike after another and you're just going for that same spot in the shoulder that you already hit the first time and you just hack farther in and at this point you literally just blood is gushing from the shoulder of this hound and you can see down to the bone and you can see that that the arm that you have gone at is basically immobile and it's now a three-legged creature but it's still standing there (laughs) snarling at you Okay, uh, because I had the ring, I'm going to bonus action dash into the forest because I do not have enough health left to take on these guys. So I'm awesome, gonna so you're going to use your movement? Yeah. Right, uh, so your full movement and a dash action. How much yes. movement is that? Uh, I have 30 foot normally and then I can bonus action dash with the ring of speed. So 90 foot. Okay. Uh, you are going to be taking an opportunity attack from the hound that is right yeah. next to you. That is fair enough. He will uh, once again attempt to bite you again. Uh, that is. Uh, does a 14 hit? Yes, 14 just hits. Uh, I need a constitution saving throw again. Ugh, that's not as good. That's a 15. You, the hound, as you turn and begin to try and sprint, the hound snaps at you with its jaws again and just kind of barely grazes your side, ripping away some flesh. Uh, You'll only take one point of piercing damage, and because you just hit that save, you will have the perfect 2d6 12 damage to 6, and then you get to have it again to only 3. So you will take 4 points of damage. 
from the bite attack and you can sprint off into the jungle. Okay, so I'm off. All right. Is there any um, high ground? By any ledges that they might have to jump up? As uh, I go along with that. Uh, Jen, I do want to ask. So you were kind of, so there was the hound in front of you and there was a hound to your right. So you're just going to your left. Uh, yeah, you're so trying to go past this hound or towards the other hound, just so I know. Um, away from both of them, I'm going the so I literally just going straight into the forest next to me, where so the injured hound is still the closest one to me. Okay, so you're going left then. Uh, yeah. so you're gonna keep the like edge, like just to the void to your left, I'm guessing. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, so that'll be your turn. Uh, before you can keep sprinting off into the forest, it is the other hound's turn, who wasn't actually in the clearing yet. So I'm going to make a perception check here. Can I get a stealth check from you at disadvantage? Uh, eight at disadvantage. The other hound definitely heard you sprint off into the forest. And so it is going to give chase towards you. So we are going to stay at initiative, but we are going to enter what I am going to just call the chase mechanic of this. So Alex, on each of your turns, you will now have the option. You may either continue running, which will take a survival check. And each time, the survival check will get higher. It'll start out at a DC 10 uh, to keep pace away from these hounds, as you do have two chasing you. You may take the option of trying to hide, which would be a stealth check, which also would be a pretty high DC unless you can gain some ground, or you can three, you can you know try and cause a distraction in any way you can. And if you try and cause a distraction, we'll play that one off by ear, okay? Uh, you will be starting with a 70-foot lead on these hounds. So keep that in mind. So the first hound will go back in initiative, and he will use his full 45 feet of movement to close the distance between the two of you. So you now have a hound about 25 feet away from you. But it is now your turn to act. Alex, what would you like to do? Hmm. Right, so my options with this system is attack, distract, or hide, basically. Run, hide, or distract. You could attack as well if you wanted. How close am I to the ledge of this valley? The ledge is probably about five feet to your left at this moment. I'm going to do something really ballsy here. <laughs> i got an idea. I'm going to do something really ballsy. Um, as, as this, like, hound is charging at me, I want to prepare the dash action with the ring. I want to be right on the ledge. Now, what I'm hoping to do is try and bait him. So 
I want to try and lunge, and then I'm going to use the dash action from the ring to try and dash out of the way. See if I could see if he jumps straight over the edge because he's relying on sound rather than sight. I'm gonna try it. All right. So what you want to do is use your movement to move the five feet so that you're on the edge of this ledge. It's a fun thing to say. And then hope that let it attack you and then try and dodge. Yeah, so basically stand on this ledge, try and get his attention. And as he comes at me, I want to try and use the ring to dodge out the way. All right, let's see. How am I going to adjudicate this? All right, uh, give me, first of all, give me a performance check to see how well you can uh, make this creature. I mean, you can clearly get its attention, but if you wanted to jump at you, I want a performance check. Okay, and I'm gonna use my knowledge of the past ability to add a d6 to this because I want to get its attention and that might be necessary so 14 plus 4 plus 5 23 all right so this hound Avery, you make your way to the edge, standing on the very, your heels on the very edge, with just a void behind you. And you begin to, hey, 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 over here, over here, look at me, look at me, you stupid creature. And this hound's membranes snap towards you, and it will dive at you. Now, how we're going to adjudicate this. I will need an acrobatics check from you. We will say it will be against my attack roll. So you have to outroll this or you will be tackled. Not off the ledge because the creature doesn't want to go off the ledge. So it will just slam you into the ground right there. But you will be taken down. Okay. I'm going to use one... I've got two uses of my um, D6 left, so I'm going to use that. I get a plus seven to acrobatic, which isn't too bad. And fun knows I might need that. Uh, let's see, that is a... Oh, okay, that's not too bad. Um, I've got a 25 all in, so that's seven plus plus 12. Avery, you're standing on the edge of this void. Just, you can, you ever stood on the edge of like a very tall cliff and there's just nothing behind you? It's a very odd feeling. You have nothing holding you as you are standing here just bracing yourself and this hound turns towards you, teeth bared towards you. Just suddenly, (laughs) it leaps forward. And like you're from Neo from the goddamn Matrix, just straight back bend as this hound and just kind of falls off into the distance of the void. 
and you find yourself standing on the ledge by yourself. Probably just like falls to his knees just for a quick breather because that was probably the most terrifying shit he's ever done. P.S. Um, I had a 24 on the attack roll, a 16 oh, plus shit. 8. So you needed every one of those numbers you got. If it wasn't for the D6, I would have failed that. As you fall to your knees for a moment, to your right, coming through the jungle, you hear the snapping of branches and the snarling as the other hound begins making its way towards you. Right, okay. What would you like to do? This one's a good, still probably 60 feet away from you. This one was the one that was farther back. Um, I'm going to take off the ring of speed because I know it drains me so I'm going to take that off for now put it back in my pocket and then you gonna... do feel a lot of your energy drained you're not quite at another level of exhaustion but you can feel that this ring has taken a lot out of you and continued use might give you another point here quite quickly right I'm going to start sneaking away and then once I've covered my distance I want to because I've got two stones left I want to take one of my other stones and throw it into the wilderness away from the ledge but I want to throw it into the wilderness sort of back where I was coming like I'm tr- maybe I'm like trying to sneak around him in a sense alright uh, give me then a strength check and then follow that with a stealth check. Uh, flat 14 for the um, strength. And as for the stealth, 13. 13? Yeah, 13. Avery, you stand in here. You make your way, you know, trying to make your way back through the forest after you stand back up. Huck! the rock back towards where you came from. But unfortunately, this hound seems to have caught your scent in the sense that it's heard your footsteps now and seems to have locked onto that. And you can feel that it's still coming straight towards you at this moment. You can hear the branches snapping and it's probably, it's keeping pace with you, but it's not gaining ground at this moment. It doesn't have a good enough lock to be able to just go full-on sprint and catch up, so it's... When you move, it moves. You have about 40 feet between the two of you at this moment, as you are now both kind of just in the thick of the jungle, in this odd game of cat and mouse. I'm going to hold me breath and just not move at all. I'm going to wait for him to come and then take a strike at him. You hold your breath, stand completely still, like a stone or a tree, unmoving, and nothing happens. 
the buzzing of the insects around you. And time begins to pass. How long would you wait here, Avery? How long would you stay motionless? Can't stay forever, so I'll give it like 10 minutes of this position. 10 minutes pass, and nothing happens. What would Any you like sticks to near me? Oh yeah, there's plenty of sticks. Uh, and are there any trees near me? Yeah, you're still in the thick of the jungle. There's multiple trees within five feet of you. Okay, sort of like crawling along the ground, so I don't, so I can keep an eye on any like sticks or anything on the floor and try not to step on too much. I grab like two, three sticks in my hand, and then once I get behind a tree, just like hold them out and just crush them in the adamantian arm to try and make some noise. Just the adamantium arm easily crushes these sticks as the snapping just kind of like echoes throughout the jungle. And you hear from distance a uh, noise begin to start moving closer. It's very cautious though, it's moving very slowly, but you can hear sticks snapping slowly moving forward. And it takes a good another about 20, probably 30 minutes as this just, it's a very slow moving, just branches snapping until finally you see a long tendril kind of creep close. Seems to be dark in color, black. It's creeping its way along the ground, like picking up twigs and discarding them, moving its way up the trees until it's touching your tree, Avery, that you're currently behind. It's beginning to make its way around the tree. And it's getting quite close to you, Avery. Okay. As it does that, I'm just gonna jump out and attack. Just gonna jump out and attack. Uh, Currently, all you can see is the tendril. You can't see the actual body of the hound yet. Would I have a rough idea of where he is, given that I've been fighting these things for a while? Like, I see the tendril, so would that give me a rough idea of where his body might roughly be? Try and follow the tendril back. Uh, It would give you an idea. Um, So you could definitely make an attack roll against it. I'm going to give it a higher AC since you can't see the creature. Gotta go, go. Okay. Uh, first attack, come on. That's not too bad. 14 plus 7. 21. Avery, this tentacle getting closer to you. You kind of tracing it with your eyes as much as you can. And in a split second, you move from the side of the tree and lunge forward, swinging the axe. And You come down, cutting through branches, and you feel the axe go straight through the tendril, and you see the tendril kind of lop down and flop onto the ground. As you hear about 
three to four feet in front of you, a massive <laughs> and stepping forward now through the brush, you see what probably at least twice the size of the other hounds that you have seen before, a massive black hound creature, the teeth just dripping with like saliva and poison as it steps forward and the membranes just kind of like you can see him vibrating in like almost rage as it steps forward and looks at you and kind of just roars as you to the left of you, you see the huge tendril kind of just flopping on the ground but you have about 30 seconds to tell me what you're gonna do in this moment before either we're going back into initiative or this hound lunges at you has it been a long rest since I passed out, or does that not count as a rest? I, I'm not entirely sure. Nope, did not count as a rest. Being unconscious from being knocked into rocks and taking damage does not count as a short or a long rest. <laughs> it's worth a try. Uh, let's see. And I have no spells either. Fantastic. Uh, I am going to just... Fuck it, I'm going to take it on. I'm going to activate Blade Song and take it on. Alright, well then. Uh, with that, roll for initiative. That's only a 15. Alright. Well, with that, meanwhile, we find ourselves back in a cozy Humvee, heat blasting, comfortable conversations going on, a little bit of a like lightness to the air that you don't usually find when hanging out with Damien. But Damien and Grozny cruising in the Humvee, still on the outskirts of Ganymede, heading though back towards Ganymede Square. Well, Damien, I'm going to tell you, if you, you know, ever want a position in the, you know, Ganymede, like actual security force as the head, I'll get you a job in like one second. Get you off this fucking adventure and bullshit. Honestly, depending how these adventures have been going, I might take you up on that at some point. Like, it's not the most exciting work all the time, but, you know, it pays the bills. You get to, you know, knock in some heads of some idiots once in a while. And, you know, you get all your drinks paid for. Exactly. What else do you need? That's that's what I'm saying. Nah, uh, Damien, can I get a perception check, please? I need to keep an eye on Varian more than anything. Once Varian figures out what he's doing with all of this. Then I'll go my own way. Uh, 18. As you say this little bit about Virian, and as I said, a nice lightness to the air as you're going along. It's rude. Damien, suddenly you feel all of the hairs on your body like stand up and you feel an odd 
bit of like static electricity in the air for a second before the engine shuts off of the Humvee. You come to a complete stop. What the hell? We're in danger. Well, and as you say, we're in danger and Grozny kind of grunts, suddenly blue ruins actually light up all over the Humvee. So you don't mean, I told you, it's a fail safe. If anyone's trying to do anything to us, they ain't going to be able to do anything. Ain't nothing getting in or out of this Humvee right now. And how many Russians did we pack? Oh, I mean, if it, the system's clearly going to reboot here in a minute, we'll be fine. I'm just kind of peering out the windows, trying to find the source of whatever set off my, I don't know, birdie senses instead of spidey sense. Damien, you're looking about, you look out the, your window, out Grozny's window, out the back window. And as you turn back and you suddenly stare out the front window, you see in front of you a smiling elf in a green cloak. Well, what's made to look like an elf as standing right in front of the bumper of the Humvee, the Taminator stands cocks his head to the side and smiles. Grozny. Yeah? That's the thing that blew me up. That is what took you out. Well, it set off the chain reaction. Lured us all to the fucking aquarium and blew us up and flew off right before the fucking explosion went. Like a coward! That little tiny elf took you and your friends out. Oh, it's not an elf, mate. That's a disguise. It's so it looks like my old companion. Oh, what what is it? I'm not sure. It's... I know, it's it's powerful enough that it could do all that shit. And survive a fight with the four... with the five of us at the time. And escape an explosion that made that fucking lake. Well, I'll tell you something right now. You stupid little whatever the fuck you are. You ain't getting in here. The Terminator. Terminator just staring at the two of you, kind of smiles again, for just raising its hand and gives you a little wave. So many middle fingers. Before you see, it reaches behind itself and into its cloak, or it pulls out a little gray box. 
and just sets it on the hood of the Humvee. What the fuck is that? It pushes a little button on the top of the box and you see deet, deet, deet. The Taminator raises its hand and waves at the two of you again. Seems pretty confident that that thing is going to get through the Humvee. Damien, I'm telling you right now, ain't no technology that's ever been created in Ganymede and get through this Humvee. I have a feeling they're not from Ganymede, mate. It would explain you, why we don't know what they are. As you say that, Damien, suddenly you feel the Humvee itself kind of shake before you hear as you feel the Humvee literally be lifted into the air. And as you and Grozny are being tossed about in the cabin, you are 10 feet in the air before you hear the trumpeting noise again and the Humvee itself And you are suddenly being flown through the air towards one of these dilapidated, broken buildings. And as you are flying through the air, almost weightless at this moment, Damien, you see the device on the trunk or the hood of the car still there beeping the red light before it suddenly goes blue and everything goes white Damien and you lose consciousness completely every fucking time meanwhile quiet Therian you wake up the next morning to the smell. Is that sausage? As you open your eyes, you see knives standing over a, the fire with a little pan. And you can definitely smell the smell of cooking meats. Damn, that sounds good. Mm, that very good indeed. Morning. Morning, Vivian. Morning. Morning. Wakey, wakey. Hands off, snakey. Morning to you too. No. Go write that one down. That one's funny. <laughs> Breakfast for either of you. Um, that would be great. Yeah. Please, please grab some. The sausages are ready. I will take a small amount of food. Well, I take the couple of sausages, and then take the third. Thank you. Um. 
You had these in your pack? Well, yes, of course. I'm not going to not pack food for a journey. Well, in more case of, did you specifically pack the sausages or did you make them out of my... And I just point to the outside door. Something used to maybe be found outside. No, Wyatt, I am a man of many talents, but I am not able to grind and case meat out in the wilds of the outskirts of Ganymede. I had to bring the sausages with me. Mm. I did think about going and hacking off some of that naga to maybe make a steak, but it's still raining out there and just was far too much work. Well, that, that is fair. I was wondering because you, we maybe got off and on for a little bit. Okay, and you clear I'm out of many skills. So I didn't want to assume that you weren't able to do that. So, so as I asked, I appreciate breakfast. Thank you. Oh, Wyatt, don't worry. Flattery will get you everywhere with me. And he gives you a Githraki smile, his toothy grin, for turning back to the sausage pan and putting a couple more on for himself. We should be able to reach the library today. We're close enough, I feel. Hopefully, as long as we have no other distractions or problems with the roads. Screams in foreshadowing. <laughs> Um, okay. Time-wise, you reckon today would make it? How far is it to ge geographically distance? Oh, um, geographically, we have to go... We're still on the main Fleet Street, so we've only really gone about a quarter of them. Well, I would say geographically, we have to go about a town over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes some sense. Well, we should probably finish up and then uh, get all good together and um, head north, I guess. Well, we'll be heading east at this point, but... Of course, sorry. Of course. Um, just have to need that, of course. Cool. Make sure, make sure you are paying attention. Yes, yes. Uh, as I said, flattery will get you everywhere. But if you put your nose too far up my ass, I won't be able to do anything else. So let's keep that in check. Very nearly checks on his breakfast. Why mm. put down his breakfast before he brings up his breakfast? <laughs> you just casually in your breakfast, and then that comes out of nowhere. Right, well, I suppose we should, as uh, Knives takes the pan off and grabs the two sausages, I suppose we should get to getting then. Yes. As he walks over and strides the back of Spicy, his black chocobo. Come on, Bob. Soon we get there, so you gotta rest. Quick. As 
here. We've got we have a we have an accord now. Lovely. Because Varen's that type of person, I'm going to cast prestidigitation on my hands so they're not dirty when I touch the chocobo or my spellbook or anything like that. Therian looks down at their greasy sausage fingers yeah. going, that was delicious, but I cannot get sausage grease on any of my nice, pristine things. And this is something you can gener- generally control when everything else is out of control. It's like the Mr. Clean commercials, just sparkles go all over your hands, just wiping them away. It's like a very odd infomercial. Clean your hands that- with sparkles. <laughs> I feel that both Rico and Spellbook Taran would not appreciate being covered in sausage grease. Spellbook Taran, you just hear, thank you. Uh, but you all mount your chocobos and knives heads back towards the door. Well, as before, make sure we are on our guard. We've already had to deal with that giant snake. Thankfully, he looks at his wrist. Won't have to be coming back for another five days, so as long as we can complete this journey and get back within then, we won't have to deal with it again. Interesting. Right. As we head back outside again, is it raining still? It stopped now. Nope, it is still. If anything, you're pretty sure it might be raining harder. If how you it's possible, you're not really sure, but it is. You are once again instantly drenched like you jumped into a pool. Fantastic. Well, it will flick his collar the best he can, and it's time to get back in the, out in the rain. Get okay, right. You once again then head off into the rain down Fleet Street making your way up and uh, almost towards the bell where you took the boat to Isla Diablo but instead of heading all the way to the coast you make a right down one of the side streets and begin heading east around the outskirts of Ganymede heading down the streets passing buildings of all different types from all different centuries and ages some of bronze, some of steel, wood, stone, all different make and manner, houses, warehouses, uh, pagodas, different kinds of buildings you've only seen and dreamt of, things from places you don't even understand why a building or anyone could live or use in, but they're all here on the outskirts of Ganymede. You keep going. And can I get a perception check from both of you? Yikes, okay, that's uh, 24 all in. Mm, not so good this time. It is only a uh, 10 all in. Uh, you don't see this, Wyatt. Uh, as you're conversing with uh, Knives, Knives talking to you, Wyatt. Well, we're according to the map, we should be getting relatively close. I think we should be within a couple miles of the library by now. Thank goodness for that. 
as Virian, you're not really involved in this conversation. You're kind of lost in your own thoughts and just staring ahead. And as you're staring ahead, up ahead, about probably 100 to 120 feet, you can see in the distance on the road, a large black horse. And astride this horse, a huge man in black glistening armor with a large, long lance in their hand. You can see this horse and this knight, this black knight off in the distance standing, the horse pawing at the ground. What? Knives? Just uh, look ahead of you for a moment. Hearing Vivian, uh, Wyatt will turn and look towards what seems to be a knight on a, on a horse. Oh. Why do you need more device in their head here? Sorry about that. What, well, um, Vivian? Um, can we help you, sir? Uh, he's still far. He's like 120, 100 to 120 feet away from you. You, you can yell that if you would like. Oh, uh, four years ago, I apologize. Is he pointing his lance at us aggressively, or...? Uh, at this moment, he just has it in his hand, oh. and it's pointing straight up and down. Okay. Has he seen a joke yet? Does it look like he's seen us? Uh, it looks like the horse has definitely seen you, as you can see the horse kind of, like, bucking its head up and down and aggressively kind of pawing with its hoof at the ground below it. A possibility. Mm. Do you want to try maybe um hmm. There's nowhere around for us to hide nearby, is there really? Of note, is there? No, I mean you're kind of just on a straightaway road and uh, to the right and left of you is just a couple like small structures and buildings, but nowhere really to hide. You're kind of in a sparse little bit of the area, it seems. As Knives oh. has brought Spice to a stop as well, you're all just kind of stopped in the middle of the road and kind of looks at the two of you as you're talking. Friend of yours? No, I know of. Nobody I've met before. Okay. Ideas? I tend to notice when I tend to remember the, the knight of a lance and a horseback I've seen in my life, unfortunately, which is nil. Um would it be worth one of us at least hiding as best they can amongst the shrubbery or something? I mean if the horse has already seen us, the chances are the knight has as well. That's true. It's not foolproof, but as a last resort, I do have something. Although I've learned that a lot of things sense by smell these days and sound. Oh yes, go on. I was referring to invisibility. <sighs> as a warlock, nice. because I'd be forced to use it at fourth level, it would cover the whole party, as it were. Sorry. No, no, Knives, as you say, you have a last resort. 
from the holster, pulls out his handgun. I mean, it looks like a fucking idiot in armor on a horse. Don't you think we can just handle this? We don't need to handle it. We may be able to talk our way around it. Well, I guess there's only one way but to try then. Not everything has to be ended physicals. Fair. Uh, Virian, then uh, be prepared with your last resort. Okay. And Knives turns. Hey, oi, uh, idiot in the armor. What do you I want? I don't help. And as Knives yells, the knight doesn't seem to react at all. You just see once again the horse still kind of pawing at the ground and and you can hear the horse's noises even from this distance. This is a very huge horse. Like this is a very imposing figure you can see off in the distance. And it just keeps pawing at the ground, not reacting or moving at all. Just staying in place. Uh, Without making a lot of noise and a lot of light, there's nothing I can do to, you know, contain them. So I'm waiting to see what Vivian's got. I think I literally have last resort here. Uh, nothing that would help us in this exact moment, I don't believe. I mean, if he's not actively charging us, then... As you... I know you're kind of not talking in character right there, but as after Reyes Knives yells and he looks back at both of you, what the fuck? I even insulted him and he didn't even move forwards. All right. We're going to get this to work. Knives... Sometimes you can insult even Damien and he won't kill you straight away. Knives gives you a cockeyed glance. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. There's no way in hell that idiot on a horse is going to kill me. And with that, he kind of smirks at you and he turns back towards the knight and with Spicy's Chocobo, he takes one step forward with it. And as he does... The knight, you see the horse buck up on its hind two quarters, and the knight immediately begins to charge at the three of you. Okay, here we go, then. Come on, Bob. This could be an interesting one. Well, it looks like we're having ourselves a good old-fashioned duel. I'm going to charge! <laughs> and Knives gives you both a smirk before turning and kind of giving a snap with his reins and begins to charge towards the Black Knight. What? Um, see the gentleman and before and decides to he takes out his, his gun and fires five rounds straight at the um, straight at the knight. Sure. Aim for the head. 
Okay. Uh, roll me attack rolls. Okay, so... Five of them, please. Okie dokie. So I am rolling that one too. I need to take my separate sheet for that. Just make sure I get this right. Because it is... Where is it? I hit... So rolling five dice to hit on us this one. Okay, so that's a 19, a 14, a 15, a 16. They all miss. As uh, Wyatt pulls out his handgun and Vera, you see him just firing off shots, none of them connecting with this Black Knight. As you see both knives and this Black Knight charging towards each other. Maybe you could um, level the playing field a little for him here. What do you mean? Mm, how about maybe your sparkly beams? Okay, I'd like try and use Agonizing Blast on the night. Sure. Uh, roll me to hit. Okay. Uh, let's see. That's a 21 and a 25. Virian, after you see Wyatt just fire his pistol and miss each time, and he says this to you, you turn and kind of with a roll of your eyes, raise your hands, and you just raise them both forwards as Aurora beams launch towards this Black Knight. And you see them both flying towards the chest, and they just pierce and go right through. Okay, that's not great. And just after this happens, Knives and this Black Knight and are just about upon each other, and you see Knives just pass right through this Black Knight as the Black Knight just keeps on charging and gets closer and closer to you before it reaches the spot right in front of you and as if hitting a wall just before just disappears into nothingness. What the hell? Okay, I'm not waiting here to find out what that was. No. I'm charge forward. <laughs> yeah, I dig my heels into Bob. It's the best as I say, move your ass. As Knives kind of turns back and looks at you for one second on his chocobo. Yes, I think I think it best if we move quickly. Yes, yes, and turn Spicy back before also giving another snap of his reins. The library is closed. We need to get, we need to go. Wyatt and Bob will follow. And as you begin to follow after knives, as you pass by over your shoulder, Virian and Wyatt, you can see once again a black knight. You can see the back of a black knight standing on a large horse with a horse pawing at the ground, it holding a lance, just staring, not towards you, back towards where you came from. You know, all the stories I've heard about knights went a little differently. I get a feeling he's meant to be there to scare people off. He does well at his job. Hmm. 
The three of you, though, Virian, Wyatt, and Knives, charging through this rain on the backs of Chocobos, now at a full pelt, just the rain slapping against your faces, and just what, Knives has put away the umbrella at this point as you are at full gallop and speed as fast as you can go, following Knives across these roads. And as you get closer and closer, suddenly Knives pulls to a stop on his chocobo as you reach a large open area. And in front of you stands a massive building. And I hope that you guys have played the game, either Hello Neighbor or Secret Neighbor, because in front of you stands a physics-defying building where it is, in front of you, stands large columns of uh, stone and ivory, clearly very old school, almost Greek, Roman style, very tall, large stairs leading up to huge oaken doors. But behind this part of the building, you can see it expands and just goes up and out and in with what just seems to be more and more buildings that were smashed and smushed into it, creating this odd or just amalgamation that is both awe-inspiring and also odd to look at as it is clearly just mishmashed different pieces of buildings put together. It's as if every library or anything that had ever been lost or destroyed in any way had somehow found its way here to the outskirts of Ganymede and had been combined into this massive kind of structure of almost a blob-like library. It goes as high as the eye can see, and also as wide as the eye can see, covering this entire block. In front of you, though, stands a large sign with just the words, Library of Alexandria. Well, we're here at least. Any idea about where to start looking? Well, probably inside. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Ask an obvious question, Wyatt. Get an obvious answer. Right. Um, as uh, Bart told you, I no one knows what's been going on no one's returned from the library in hundreds of years at this point so very cautious we need to be okay as knives dismounts uh spicy i don't think the chocobos are a wise decision to take though quite agile. They are not the most quiet. Tide pop up outside. Put him in oh. park. No need to worry about that. Spicy will take care of both Bob and Rico. I don't want them tied up. There are many things around here that would probably find them to be a delicious meal. Also, if we need to make a quick getaway. Mm. I put him in park. Wait, you can't park there, that's a handicap zone. Uh, spicy. Oh, who can tell the police? I am the police. You can know that Wyatt does not care where he parks. 
you all put the three chocobos uh, outside. And with that, you see Spicy the Black Chocobo looks at Bob and Rico before they all kind of give each other knowing glances and they kind of actually untie it themselves and they run off into the distance. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. They'll come right back. I just, I told you, there's a lot of things around here that would eat them, so they need to be able to move. Okay. How would you like to be tied up like a freaking buffet outside of a library? Probably not that much. Is this uh, a tell true life story? Have you ever read the Ballad of Jurassic Park? The things they did to a goat is horrible. Apparently so, yes. Well, I suppose time to get on with it and everything. Wyatt goes out to the door and uh, tests the lock. The three of you make your way up this large staircase up to this huge set of oaken doors. And as you do, the doors themselves are about eight foot tall each. And you can see large handles on them. There is no lock, just large circular gold handles. And as you look above the door, you can see an inscription, Ciencia Set Potentia, or Potentia. Place definitely. Who's that way? Come on, man. Let's get inside. So then we get in there so we can fly Ivory and bring him back, hopefully. Uh, before we go in, can I cast message, open up a new group chat, as it were? Like, if we have to talk, would it be better to use this? Not a bad idea. Thank you for letting me into one of these. Oh. Wait, has nobody let you into one yet? Nope. Oh. <laughs> I was not allowed into the last one. Damien's not happy about it. Tyrion regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrion resolves to be nicer to Wyatt from now on. Right. Uh, so, with the new group chat open. Uh, knives. Well, this is interesting. I have never really been in somebody's head like this. Not since my twin brothers. But that was different. Varian's not sure what to put, so he just puts a gif of somebody doing an awkward thumbs up. Ah, yes, though. Shall we head in, then? Let's do so. And Wyatt will try to open the door. Wyatt, you grab onto one of the massive uh, handles and you give it a, like a hard, you know, pull, expecting a lot of resistance, but like it was made to be open because it's a door, just gently glides open, which is the easiest of pulls. What has it been abandoned for? Oh. The library's never been abandoned. Just no one's returned in hundreds of years. 
Plus, who the fuck really... goes to a library? Nerds? I'm not a nerd. I was just wondering if you knew, because this door opens pretty easily, so someone's clearly maintaining it, so I'm now even more concerned about getting into this place. Well, should be fun then. As Knives, once again, pulls out his handgun. Gun's trying to solve everything, trust me. Knives uh, literally takes the handgun and clicks the barrel on your forehead. They do if they're big enough. Why well, resist the urge to literally point at the Black Knight down the road who, who was shot at by, by Eldritch Blast and it went right through? Varian just rolls his eyes and starts walking quietly into the library. <laughs> Fantastic. What a follow. And Knives follows in tow into the third wheel this time, the back of the pack. But with that, as you three head into the library of Ganymede, we switch to, meanwhile, Avery, you stand in front of this massive, just monstrous hound creature it's black skin glistening with just it almost just seems rage as you have hacked the tendril off of it and in this moment you don't really know what happens a few things happen all at once this creature dives directly for you you can see the teeth glistening with just the bile and venom that you know is in there as it's been coursing through your body and you in this moment feel the pain in your body itself and know that you're probably about to die again you see your life begin to flash before your eyes again knowing what the fuck has happened i was dead i was trapped in a hospital i've now been sent to this weird dimension and i'm about to be eaten by a hound creature. What the fuck is going on with my life? And as you are thinking these things, suddenly you just hear no in your head. And the next thing you know, you're laying on your back once again, staring up into the sky. And as you stare up, you see the timer counting down. 48 hours, zero minutes, 10 seconds, nine seconds, eight seconds, six, five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> You hear a massive cannon go off as the timer flashes 48 minutes. And suddenly, through the sky, you hear, Congratulations. You have made it through round one. A hour of rest and recovery will now be given. Please use it wisely. Also, for your exploits, 
and the wonderful show you put on for taking out two of my hounds through what we will call preferred means. You will be awarded two prizes. Please make your way to the edge of the jungle to be awarded. Use your time wisely, Avery. Round two will begin at the south of the cannon. And Avery, you find yourself laying on your back, staring up into the sky. The timer just flashing at 48 hours. Okay, not going to complain about that. Right, okay. Take in a moment to breathe. I'm gonna take his advice and get up and head to the edge of the jungle where he said something awaits. Avery, make me a perception check, please. Oh, that's bad. Ten. It's okay. That was literally what you had to get. All right, <laughs> Avery, as you stand up and. Once again, you just kind of breathe because it's something you think you need to do. You realized you don't actually have to do it, but it makes you feel a little bit better each time, it seems. And as you you breathe out, you you see, and you put your hand out, and just blood just appears on your hand. But doesn't appear to be your blood. As you like taste your mouth and what what you have an odd taste of iron and just rot in your mouth at this moment it's different Right, I'm gonna just ignore that for a minute and carry on. You turn and you actually gather your bearings pretty quickly. You realize this is this was the clearing that you were in when you killed the first two hounds way back when. How you got here, you're not really sure, but you recognize that rock and. Yeah, that, that you can see the blood stains from where the other two hounds' bodies were, but they're not there anymore. And so you kind of orientate, and then as you look up to the sky, you actually see an arrow pointing. And you go, oh yeah, gotta go that way, to the edge of the thing. And you begin to head off towards the edge of the jungle. But with that, we're gonna go, meanwhile, we're gonna Go all the way back around to Damien. Damien. It's hot. It's like really hot. And that's the first thing that comes to you as you begin to regain consciousness. 
as you open your eyes and you look about, you can see you are in the rubble of what was a building. Everything around you is on fire. You can see in front of you, you're currently on your stomach. You don't know how. You can see what looks to be around you remains of the Humvee. You can see pieces of the armor kind of strewn about around you as you're trying to regain your bearings a little bit. You try to move and you can tell immediately you took no hit points damage, but your right arm is definitely not in the right socket right now. And your shoulder, yep, yep, that's your shoulder almost directly to the front of your body. It is completely dislocated and you're kind of laying on it in a very painful way as you look about. There's no sign of Grozny or anyone else for that matter as you lay in this rubble of an on-fire building. What the fuck? I guess I'm gonna try and stand up. Ow! It takes you a moment and it's quite painful, but you manage to push yourself. There are some, a few pieces of rubble on your back, but nothing that huge, but you manage to orientate yourself enough and get yourself to a standing position. I'm immediately looking around for douchebag Terminator Ripper. Uh, you are all by yourself and with the fire that is encompassing this building, like you can see out all around you. The fire is big enough that the pouring rain isn't putting it out immediately because it is raging through this building. It's it's a big battle between this pouring rainstorm and this raging fire, but the fire at this moment has enough fuel that it is still winning. But as far as your eyes can tell and as far as you can see, it is clear around you. Grozny? No. Hmm. I didn't die, which is new. I guess I'm going to try and get out of this flaming building. Yeah, uh, give me a uh, strength check. Ah, yes, all that strength that I have. All that warlock strength. Wow, that is a five. Damien, you begin to push your way forward, trying to push some of the rubble out of the way to get past this flaming building. And as you push a piece, it's a lot heavier than you thought. And it you can actually feel the skin begin to burn on your hand from the heat of trying to push against this hot boulder. 
we'll say you take two points of fire damage. Can I see like a gap? Uh, yeah, make me a investigation check, please. Uh, 19. Damien, as you look about, you realize that it would be far too difficult to try and squeeze through this, especially if you can't move this last piece of rubble. It would be far too hot. And as you turn around, you know, you're still a little disoriented, but as you look about, you realize that a piece of the wall about 20 feet to your right has actually completely crumbled in from both either the force of the Humvee going through it or just the general decay from the area. So you realize that about 20 feet to your right, there is a space you can make your way through. I kind of make my way over there. I'm just, I'm just, like I got yeeted into a building. Am I like up high or am I? Uh, no, it's, you were on the ground floor. It's clear that from just, you're a pretty smart individual. You realize that the Humvee must have gone from the top of the building down and smashed through and then exploded completely, so. I just kind of get to the wall and I kind of stagger into the rain because I like rain. After being in that inferno of that building, being out in the rain actually feels pretty nice for Damien at this moment. Can I immediately... I have done... Damien has done this before. Can I reset my shoulder? Yeah, go ahead. Make me a medicine check with advantage. I would assume Damien has done this before, so that's why I'm saying with advantage. I'm not even yeah, going to argue with that. Yes, many times. Uh, with advantage, that's 21. Which is good, because my shoulder was over here. Yeah. You grabbing your shoulder and with just gritting your teeth knowing what's about to happen you just rip your arm back and just pop in the same movement and just oh it hurts but at least your arm is now functional again swears in primordial okay Right. Can I get a nice look around? I'm trying to judge what's around me. Yeah. Uh, make me a perception check. Uh, 21. Damien, as you look around, you realize that you were, you know, yeeted and you're just in the kind of block of buildings that you were kind of not by the lake anymore but you're still on the outskirts of Ganymede and just by yourself like there's no evidence of the Taminator anywhere around or whatever through you do I still have all my stuff on me you do you have all of your things can I dig out my communicator gem the yeah, go ahead. It's been using to yell at us. I'm just going to try and see if I can get any sort of signal. 
as you reach and pull out your communicator gem, you realize that unfortunately in the explosion and being tossed about that it is cracked straight through. And as you try and communicate with anyone, you just get like a fizzle, like and a little bit of like magical kind of energy kind of pulsing out of it. Well, shit. I mean, I liked Grozny, but I have a feeling he's either dead or if he's not dead, he's very close to it. I guess we're walking back to town. As you turn and look, you can see the golden crane off in the distance. It's not close. It's not that far, though. All right. Fuck it. Bart sends me out again immediately. We are going to have words. And through the pelting rain, Damien begins to trudge and make his way back towards Ganymede Square. And we'll, we'll kind of fast travel this where nothing fucks with Damien because the aura of rage and anger of this trudging air ganassi in the rain just down the middle of the road is enough to even inspire fear in all of the toughest of the residents of outskirts of Ganymede. But as you get closer and just about, you can see the gates of Ganymede Square coming up upon you. You feel your communicator gem actually buzz. And you pull it out and over the crack screen, you can read a message from Bart saying, Grozny returned, where are you? Just reply, outside the gate. You try and reply, but it won't go back at all. You just get the Well, they'll find out what I get back. Your sure commu- a red message tick thing. Your communicator goes off one more time. Are you alive? Grozny says you died. I can't reply. And with that, you reach the gates of Ganymede Square. And with that, that is where we will wrap up this week's edition of Escape from Wolf Farm. More like I walk back to Wolf Farm. Thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of uh, of Dungeons and Junkies. Um, we're going to the table now and um, just give our social information, and we'll start with Chad. Hello, I'm Chad, and today I played insert name here and i had a very wonderful time doing it i hope you enjoyed me playing insert name here if you would like to hear me on any other podcast check me out on visionaries global media and of course you want to follow me on twitter you can do so at chad's underscore mind or at vftr 2p0 always a good time Caitlin, what up mortals 
I'm Caitlin. Uh, I've I've been here. <laughs> That's my. <laughs> I run a separate TTRPG podcast featuring all of these wonderful lot called Dice and Suffering. It's where my D and D campaign is. It's also where we play Blades in the Dark, featuring clowns and hookers and lasagna. And no, none of that makes sense. Barely makes sense to me, and I I listen to it. I also write articles about games and mental health on themindgame.org. Woo. End transmission. Kerry. Hello, I'm Kerry. Like everyone else here, I don't really have any big projects going on. I'm just the one they kind of can't get rid of. Anyway, I am Shira Beans on Twitter, where I lurk a lot and post very little. But I also get to supervise the Dungeons and Junkies art Instagram, which is just Dungeon Junkies on Instagram. Goodbye. See you later. Alex. Yes, I am Alex, and I play insert name here as to copy Chaz's trend because that was a pretty cool trend. Uh, you can find me at Spiderbread UK on Twitter. You can find our main show at Game Junkies Pod, and you can find this ever-growing collection of Dungeons and Dragons content on Dungeons and Junkies. Indeed, you can find me at Matt at UK. Thank you again to everybody for listening. Thank you to everybody who's playing. And uh, we're out of here. This podcast was brought to you by me, Chad, in conjunction with Visionaries Global Media and Mad Attack Productions.